Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits and let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. Hi, well, let's go beyond our limits in terms of being able to tap into our brain's power to alter the states of stress, anxiety, depression, and maybe even those symptoms of post-traumatic stress reactions such as flashbacks, crowded thoughts, nightmares, things that are related to having had trauma in your life. And I'm so excited to bring Dr. Patrick Porter, who is an inventor, a hypnotherapist, has been in the field of changing people's brains and the way they're wiring these various aspects of who they are into their brain. And Patrick Porter, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, sure. Now, we are going to take a journey, and all of you listening might want to go to braintap.com because braintap.com is going to be a reference point that you're going to want to look through while you're in the midst of being exposed to fabulous technology devices that are akin to devices that I still use in my office that are probably 20 years old. And Patrick, I want to jump right into the use of this incredible brain tapping device because I actually find this coupled with the meditations to be tremendously powerful with my clients and patients. So can you describe what this device looks like and how it works? Well, the device kind of looks like a, almost like a, a shield, if you will. Some people call it goggles because you have lights that go, that fold down over your eyes. Your eyes are closed. There's going to be pulsating lights that come through there that attract the optic nerve. And this is to train the brain to move from this wide awake state into a sleep like state. And then you're going to be wearing earphones. And in the earphones themselves, we have light. I'm sure we're going to get into it later in the, in the podcast, but that light is actually opening up the meridian points in the body so that energy can flow. A lot of times blockages, people think of blockages in the brain or in the mind or in their mindset, but the reality is the, the body, we kind of think of the body as a hard drive that stores that information. And some people would call it psychosomatic disorders in the body. So we need mm. to liberate the body and get that energy flowing. And together while they're, the light, the sound, the vibration is working, they're hearing a message. Like you said, there's a message that is actually training the brain to think differently about different situations or circumstances, whether it be addictions or PTSD or just stress in general. Well, now you say on your website that this is a proprietary neuro-algorithm neuro that's proven uh, ways to relax and to reboot and to revitalize. How did you come about the invention or the discovery of the neuro-algorithms? Okay, so let's go back in time a little bit. Back in 1986, I was with a group called Light and Sound Research, and we were using a machine called the SILS, a sensory input learning system, and it was about the size of a microwave oven. And what would happen, there was no neural feedback then. So if we have some listeners on there on today that know about neural feedback, we could only use respiration, warmth of the hands, basically what they call biofeedback. And while we're looking at the biofeedback, which is happening in, in the patient or the client, we're adjusting the light, sound, and vibration on this machine to get them to relax. Now, when somebody relaxes, we can typically tell they might have eye flutteration, they could have deep breathing. So we're doing all of this one-on-one, -on -one, just like somebody would be doing with neurofeedback. And then at some point in 1986, the inventor of that technology, his name was Dr. Robinson, he actually passed away. And he didn't leave any of the information to the staff. We, didn't, we had no oh, way to recreate the sales machine. So we had to hire an engineer. The six of us got together, and we worked through how to create this. And in the process of recreating the sales machine, there was a chip called the EEPROM chip, which is something in electronics that is a microprocessor. So we could take everything I was doing physically by hand. We could actually program it into a microchip. So we started to create these sessions, these algorithms. We started to measure. At the same time, there was something called the mind mirror that came out. And those listening that know about neurofeedback, the mind mirror is still used today, but it's now digital and works through a computer. But we could now measure 
what's happening when we introduce light sound. At the time, we didn't have vibration. We didn't have LED lights like we do today. We only had red light. But we could train the brain. So over the years, what we've done is we've worked with taking people from this wide awake state into a dreamlike state. When you're talking about like hypnotherapy or state like sleep, that's what they call hypernesia, super memory states. So we're taking them into this state of super memory. And what we found was we could replicate that with over and over again with thousands of people. And we actually did a lot of research. And then we found out about doctor, a doctor from Moscow University, Dr. Kaplan. And we started incorporating his research and we paid to use his proprietary algorithm that he invented. And we folded it into what we do so that we know how quickly can we take somebody from this wide awake state into the sleep-like state through these brainwave frequencies. That's why we talk about on the website for those going there to visit it, we talk about a symphony of brainwave activity, mm-hmm. not any one brainwave. No one brainwave is more important than any other. They're all useful in the right context. So what we found was how can we train the brain to touch into these different brainwave frequencies and then get all the benefits from it? Oh, beautifully, beautifully said. Now, so, okay, so simply said, we know that binaural beats have become very popular. You can listen to them off of YouTube or on many sites. And But, but what is the difference between the binaural beat sequencings or the patterns that you have at, that interface with this contraption? Mm-hmm. Well, the biggest thing is that just knowing about binaural beats, let's say that somebody sets the binaural beats up for 10 cycles per second, which is a pretty mm-hmm. powerful state of alpha which most people go to, if you only have a 10-cycle binaural beat session, the brain really isn't going to stay tuned to that. Your brain needs to change every three to five seconds, or basically it goes away. It's kind of like listening to elevator music. It doesn't stay focused. The brain like is adaptive. It likes to be entertained. So while we're doing this light and sound, it's really a dance of the neurons because mm-hmm. we're, we're taking them from this wide awake state through this sleeping cycle and during depending upon the time duration of a session this might happen six times and we're imitating Hmm. a cycle of sleep because your brain doesn't just go to alpha and stay there right there's a part of the brain called the reticular activating system and it's always kind of observing through our senses what's going on in our environment in the science is actually called frequency following response so if we don't use that full spectrum activity the brain says oh There's nothing to worry about there. We'll just leave that alone. But if we can keep changing the vibration, the tone, the light, the tone, and basically creating a holographic effect in the brain, the brain then stays entertained and goes into a state of uh, what we would call a a hyper state of relaxation instead of a hyper state of vigilance, which is like the PTSD brain, where they go into a state of hyper vigilance or beta brain, where they're, they're basically, we call it the sympathetic survival syndrome that mm. happens during high stress. Mm-hmm. Well, keep, now, now, so our discussion, you and I are talking about using these, uh, these meditations and these binaural beats and the lights in the eyes and the, the, the stimulation of all, all these with specifically PTSD type symptoms. Can you talk about the research along those lines where you have found that this is actually assisting people with PTSD symptoms? Right, we yeah, we did a research project actually with BrainTap and Kansas State University on PTSD. And the first thing that they wanted was most people who are suffering from PTSD symptoms, they can't sleep. And the reason for this is then when you're in a high beta state or a high vigilant state, if you're, in, if you're in the military, let's say, and this was a military one, but it could be just abuse from child abuse or it could be spousal abuse. It could be a car accident. There's a lot of reasons that the brain processes this PTSD kind of scenario, but I'm going to use military just as an example. Okay. So let's say that you're, you're over in Iraq or wherever, or Iran, wherever you're at your station. And every day you don't know if you're going to make it through the day. So you're, you've got to be hyper alert, hyper vigilant every day. So your brain patterns after that, then you come home you have a party, you're celebrating, you're reacclimating, everything's fine. But as soon as life goes back to normal for everybody else, it doesn't go back to normal for the, the person suffering from PTSD. So they might start to create chaos in their life so that they bring up the stress levels around them so they start to feel normal. 
instead of relaxing their brain and getting back into the flow and sequence of life because their brain hasn't been trained. It was trained for, let's say, two years or a year or six months, whatever their deployment was, and now they're expected to just change their brain one day to the next without any real physical training or emotional training. So what we do is we first have to get them sleeping. Sleeping is the key to not only really rejuvenating the body, but it's the only way we detox our brain. If we don't reach level four sleep, delta sleep, our brain doesn't release. There's, we have, not only does we have a blood-brain barrier for supplements or things going into the brain, but our brain literally only detoxes during level four sleep. And some of the listeners might have experienced what we call sleep paralysis. They, when you wake up and you're in sleep paralysis, you've woke up in the middle of a cleaning cycle of your brain. Because the moment you get to reach that deep level of delta, which they call delta burst, which happens four to five times at night, maybe up to eight times, the, the body, literally, you're locked out of your neurology. Your brain dumps out the toxins. And it should happen, you know, four to five, maybe more times at night. And then your brain can stay clear. If not, you get this, you get the stress of the brain. And you might even have leaky brain. And this happens because they never get a chance to reboot their brain. They never reach that deep level of sleep because if they let go too much, they might get attacked or they might some fearful thing. Whatever happened, they don't know how to respond. So during the study, we found out that we could take the first 30 people through our pilot program, and we got them sleeping within three weeks. Now, once they're sleeping... But, yeah, you know, once they're sleeping, now they can start to deal with the issues that are happening because thoughts are more than things. Thoughts create physical, mental, and emotional experiences based around our re- representing those thoughts in our mind. So if they've never been trained to take the thoughts and associate them differently, which there's a whole series of processes for this, but in general, just for the listener, we want to take negative thoughts and we want to store them behind you in black and white as lessons learned and put them in a safe place. Not so you forget about them, but so that they're put into perspective. If there was a woman I was working with in New York City once, and she unfortunately was raped going through Central Park, and she was running at 1030 at night. So at 1030 at night, she's running. She was raped. Two years later, she's still suffering from this PTSD from this experience. Well, in her brain, every time she closed her eyes and she couldn't look up because the scene was playing in her brain all the time. Yes. So the first thing we had to do was have her sort that memory out differently. She was never going to find these people. It had been two years. She can't get even with them. She could either carry the anger with her and basically just as Buddha said, he who angers you conquers you, or she could forgive those people in a way that would be safe for her so that she would never go and run at 1030 at night again. So she had to put everything into perspective. I'm oversimplifying it here big time. But once she was able to put that all in perspective, she was able to put the event behind her. Not that she was okay with it. It just wasn't serving her anymore to be there. She came in and she was totally changed almost overnight because she put the past into perspective. That she was going to get even. Not that it was okay. It was just, it is what it is. And for her to live her life, she chose to not let the past control her present or future. And you can only do that when you start to empower yourself to, to take the, the situation that if you can manage it. Now, if you can't manage it, then there's other things that have to be done. But in most cases, when we work with people, like especially with the military, these are people that are never going to go back into that situation again, hopefully. It's not going to happen to them, hopefully, in America. So they don't have to be in hypervigilance. They don't have to sit in the back of the room with their back to the wall and make sure they can see everybody come in. And all the things you hear about that happens when people are suffering from PTSD, we can, we can change the dialogue that they have within themselves so they can start to live in a free-flow, basically, reality that they, they are okay, that life is good, and they can improve upon that situation. But this takes practice. So that's why what we call space repetition, the first time it's like peeling an onion. They might be able to peel away one thing, then two things, then three things, and pretty soon they find out that the past really doesn't have any power over them anymore. Really what we teach people, and usually with the help of a therapist or somebody like that in in a real critical situation. Mm -hmm. You know, I really appreciate you saying 
on one level that it seems like almost overnight these individuals make a shift. But the truth of it is it's a complex circumstance where it is one layer at a time, one intervention at a time, one approach at a time. And how does your brain tapping protocol and how does your brain tapping equipment help them day by day, night by night after they've slept? Now they're now sleeping. The brain is no longer leaking. I love to know what brain leaking means. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also, but their brain, their brain is now detoxing. I'd love to know what that looks like on a neurological level. That would be great to know. But now they're sleeping and they have that. Now they go into processing their particular uh, uh, stress or worry or anxiety or PTSD symptom. And that processing, a therapist uses your equipment with them, or do you have processes that you recommend? Well, we have processes too, but they can work with their therapist. And if you want to go to Scientific America uh, 2016, that's where you'll find all the information about the brain and the plumbing of the brain and how it detoxes. So for any listener out there, they can go research that. It's a really good article that they wrote about the brain. Um, But the way the protocol works is once you're able to sleep and start to think differently, the first step in change, the number one law, one of the number one laws of psychology states, you can't be a behavior. So whatever the behavior is that you're demonstrating we need to teach them in a safe way to disassociate it and look at it from a new perspective. That's step number one. Number two is to get them to, and I can't go through all of them, but there's a series that they go through. Number two is everyone has inherently the resources they need to handle or manage the situation that they're in. They just don't have access to them when they need them the most. So we need to rehearse or train them. That's where the mental rehearsal comes in. They, when you get under stress, what happens is you collapse the field of possibility, and we want them to be open to possibilities that are positive instead of open to possibilities that are negative. When somebody is negatively conditioned or has had abuse over and over again, the brain literally doesn't know how to think outside of that box. That's why there's the old saying, think outside the box. But we need to train them on what we mean by that. So inherently, if they don't have those things, then we have a technique we call the unlimited reality. There's a book I wrote called Discover the Language of the Mind, where I outline these 13 core techniques. And actually, if you're a therapist, I give you scripting that you can use with each of those techniques. So the, the, the reality is that as you learn to do these things, it's a, it's a natural progression that as a population of humans, most people would do this anyway, maybe not in the severe situations that you might find yourself in if you're a client out there or a patient undergoing treatment. But we all go through this. For instance, if you're in a relationship with somebody and when you're going through the breakup, it's it's hurtful, it's terrible. But most people, let's say you see them a year later and you say, hey, what's going on with you and Bob? And they might say, well, you know, I'm over Bob. Bob's behind me now. That's a past thing. You understand? They use language that does that. Well, what we're going to do with brain tap is we're going to use that, the natural psychology that our Basically, it's almost hardwired into the human condition to get them to understand that. For instance, we have mirror neurons. Every one of us possess it. That's why we can imitate mom, dad, brother, sister, and even behaviors we don't want, we demonstrate. And you only have to look towards your spouse if you've ever been married because they'll say, you're acting just like your father. You're acting just like your mother. And they, they don't, you don't, we don't mean to do those things, but because our brain learns them in that way. So that means that we can also use those mirror neurons if we see excellence in the world around us. So if we see somebody demonstrating a behavior that we want, if properly motivated, our subconscious can acquire that behavior, that attitude, that belief. And most of it is rendered anyway. You know, our brain renders a lot of information, some true and some false. So we need to teach them how to sort out the false information from the true information so that they can learn, evolve, and grow from every experience. Because if you don't grow from your past experiences, your self-esteem, your self-confidence, your self-worth all goes down. The equation with BrainTap is we want to make sure that everybody's past empowers them. If someone was to read a book Mm -hmm. that I wrote called Awaken the Genius, I have a chapter in there where I say I was blessed to be the son of an alcoholic. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously, when I was 12 years old or younger, when my dad was abusive and didn't get the help he needed, I didn't feel like I was so blessed, but the reality is 
if I didn't go through that, I probably wouldn't be on this call right now with you, right. helping the millions of people that have listened to my my processes or my uh, wrote, read my books or t- attended my seminars. All that happened because my past provided me the learning to go out and help the world. So if we can help somebody take their problem and make it almost a mission statement to improve themselves so they can improve the world around them, then there's a natural reaction that happens physiologically in the body and brain that says, hey, we can overcome this. We can achieve our goal. We can achieve our Mm -hmm. outcome. I'm so glad to hear you say this. I know that a lot of the techniques uh, that currently are being taught to psychologists and psychotherapists is with PTSD is all about being able to avoid and to be able to silence the PTSD symptoms. I'm simplifying that, but I'm saying it in that direction because I find that therapists come in with this type of training and say, oh, no, you're having a flashback. Let's see what we can do to reduce it. And I know reduction does sound like a really noble um, ultimate goal, but I've come to the realization working 40 years with people with PTSD-type symptoms of all sorts Embedded in that moment of the flashback or that nightmare or that memory is an opportunity to actually rework the experience. And that I have uh, hypothesized that that flashback is actually the brain saying on some level, we need to rework this. We, we, need, we need to take this opportunity to reframe this, rework this, re- understand this, come to terms with this. Uh, and this is an opportunity to do that. But most people are not skilled to take the flashback and see it as an opportunity to adjust and to modify and to, uh, to, to train themselves in a different way. And I find that when people begin to respectfully greet those flashbacks and those nightmares, those OCD moments, with that kind of attitude, not only does that immediately reframe it, it becomes a teacher as opposed to a dread uh, but it also provides them an opportunity, kind of the gestalt of everything, to be able to process it, go into it, not out of fear, but out of the present moment with their equipment, to their, the equipment of who they are, the therapy, what they've learned, the equipment that they've acquired since that time, and really be able to go in there and rework the process. So is this akin to what you are suggesting? Yes, exactly. We we call it Tai Chi for the mind. So you can't oh, fight beautiful. force with force. So right. when you think about that, when that, when the process of the brain comes up, when the trigger is triggered, the horse is already out of the barn. You can't just stuff it back in the barn. And so, but you can teach the brain to process that, process through that. It's almost like there's a book called The Four Agreements, where he talks about reframing yes. the past and, and empowering yourself with it. And I think that once in, in there's, that's almost like an epiphany, like they say in the big book of AA, where they say people need a psychic change or a change of the mind. It's almost like that's what we're talking about, reframing it. It's not that it's okay. It's not that it's all right. It's not that you love what happened to you or what was going on. It's just right. that you're not going to allow that past to define your present. You can build a future that you want, uh, you want to live in, not based on past protocols or past beliefs, but on a new paradigm that says, hey, I'm more powerful because I went through this. And yes. you, can't just start that, you can't just start that way. That's what I'm saying. That's true. There might be some people need a, a chance just to identify with what's happening to them, come to really know that that's happened to them, not deny that happening. Because if it's happening subconsciously, it could show up in other areas of their life, whether it be in relationships or in uh, addictions something like that, because that expression is going to find a way to show up in their life. So we need to basically make it neutral or disempower it. I mean, if if they can, and as they go through it, for instance, there's one of our techniques that we call the theater of the mind, because once somebody Mm -hmm. makes these changes, they're so vested in their patterns. They're so vested in what's happened to them. They've been telling the story. They've been going to meetings. They've been doing all of this. That becomes their personality. What do they do when that's gone? So when we talk about the theater of life, it's like, how do I act? If you don't have this as part of your personality, which it never was in the first place, but you started to own it because you talked about it, you wrote about it, you grieved about it, 
And by the way, in our in our program with the military, we actually have a grieving program they went with at the same time. Yeah. The reason for that is grieving. So when when people go through a situation like that, part of it is part of the grieving process on a neurological level is that the brain has learned to wire and fire around a belief system. Once that belief that belief system could be about your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, an event, an encounter, the brain simply doesn't it doesn't discern on what it's grieving about. So let's say somebody has to get rid of tobacco or alcohol, the brain's going to go through a grieving process because it has to unravel the program. And that that is that is the grieving process of the brain. So it, it has to unravel it, then it has to rewire new beliefs, new attitudes, new behaviors. And that's where the, the new encounters come in. And if we can strengthen the new encounters, the new beliefs, the new behaviors, the old ones just don't have the energy anymore. It's like they could be sitting over there like an old car, but if you never put gas in them, they never go down the road. And so that's the way these thoughts, but the brain goes through this grieving program because it, whether we know it or not, our subconscious has been planning our future since the moment we were born. Hmm. And in that plan, if we didn't take personal responsibility for that plan, it was formed by mom and dad, brothers and sisters, preachers and teachers. You know, all those people went into helping you build your plan. And you might not like that plan. So now when you start to, but you have a lot invested in it. So once you start unraveling that plan, there's going to be a grieving that happens. And that's why it, it helps to be part of a group or go to a therapist and do these things to help you get through that process so that you know that you're not wrong or broken. You simply have been functioning in a way that doesn't serve you any longer. And you want to change that or you want an upgrade to your thinking. Beautifully, beautifully said. Now, how is it that, this is just amazing. Describe how your brain tapping equipment with its 10 cycle holographic music or its isochronic tones or uh, the guided visualizations that you do on your site, the binaural beats, how does that all capture the brain so that these steps of grieving, these steps of coming to term, these steps of learning replacement sort of functioning, mm. the ability to sleep, et cetera, all the profound things that you're saying, how do you bring that together in this brain tap headset? Well, the way the brain learns is we, it goes through what we experience on a day-to-day basis. We experience it usually at beta, which is a wide awake state. And we might have a high degree of alpha going at the same time. But when we're younger, that's the way our brain operates. If we have too much alpha, we become attention deficit. If we have too much beta, we become hypersensitive and we become neurotic. So, but if we have a balanced brainwave and it's not like 25, 25, 25, it's like percent alpha, 10% theta, you know, there's a, it looks kind of like a mountain peak. So Hmm. if that's the normal way to learn, then we can accelerate that learning because what happens, the memories get processed through the different brainwave states. So we do that by introducing light through closed eyelids, sound through the ears. What's happening in the right eye is happening in the left ear. And what's happening in the left eye is happening in the right ear. And so as this, the brain is trying to figure out what's going on, it's literally balancing out and activating different regions of the brain. 30% of your listening happens through your eyes. Most people don't know that. But if you, the, if you just remember a time when you are at a lecture and you couldn't hear the lecture, but then you adjusted your vision so now you could see the lecture, then you could hear them. I'll prove my point. Because the, our primitive brain, the way our primitive reflexes work, if we don't see what we're going to be listening to, we don't turn on those circuits of the brain that cause us to listen. So while we're introducing light, being that frontal lobe active, that's the part of the brain that we need to train so that when we get in those stressful events or encounters, that we don't go into a state of abeyance or, or basically avoidance. Because think about if you go to a movie and the movie's scary, you'll close your eyes and you'll say to yourself, it's just a movie. Right. So you've, what you've done when you've closed your eyes typically is you've shut down the frontal cortex, the reasoning capacity of the brain. So what we're doing with the brain tap through light, sound, and vibration is we're going to keep the brain awake but guide it through the different brainwave frequencies. So each one of those frequencies has something really important going on. So, for instance, most of our addictions, we're addicted to dopamine. So what happens is 
that's a beta state. So in just using texting as an example for the listeners, if you've ever text somebody, how quickly, uh, Dr. Carol, do you want a response back? Hmm. I don't particularly. Typically right away, right? <laughs> but I know a lot you of people somebody, like it right away. <laughs> and when you get it right away, your brain gets a little reward. And that's yeah. a dopamine hit. So that's what's happening with kids, right? They, they text, they text, they, they get addicted. They're texting 10,000 messages a week or something on average. So when, now that's okay. We can have a little bit of dopamine because that's what keeps us active and that's what gives us our reward system. But it can also trigger high states of anxiety and stress and confusion because that's not a state in the beta state. Fear, frustration, and anxiety are the emotions that rule the system because it's, it's programmed to keep us alive. So then let's say that we get into alpha, which is our daydreaming, relaxed, artistic kind of mindset. We're doing something we enjoy, time flies. That's because in that brainwave, our brain literally instructs our gut, which by the way, neurotransmitters are made in the gut, which is our second brain, because there's more neuron, there's more neuron activity in the gut than there is in the brain and the head. So when, when we get into alpha, what happens is that that part of the brain instructs the gut to make acetylcholine. Acetylcholine is what makes us feel good. It's also what is missing from people who have autism. They have very little alpha activity. And so they're not able to visualize. They're not able to have spatial relations. They don't know that they're hurting somebody. But if somebody has a high degree of alpha going on, they get lost in that space. They get lost in that creative world. And that's why most artists, they need to hire a manager to manage their money because, you know, they get lost in the art of it all. They don't, you need somebody in high beta to watch your money. So both of these are important is what I'm saying. And then when we go through without, with, the, with the brain cap, we're going to take them into theta, which is one of the most powerful drugs right now. The drug companies are trying to do something with gabinoids, right? That's because yeah. most people, most adults in the world don't have GABA. They're missing the theta brainwave. And so you have to be in theta to produce GABA. So they're trying to synthetically make it. Well, good luck with that because your brain likes your natural neurotransmitters a lot better than it likes synthetic ones. That's why they keep having to make new drugs, new, new things, because the body, our bodies start, they know it's a foreign invader. Your cells are put to work in doing it. So when we take somebody through this, from beta to alpha to theta, and maybe even into delta, which is serotonin, when they go through this cycle, we're triggering the natural flow that happens every night when you sleep. So the biological system is being reset through this light, sound, vibrational program. And we know we can do it in as little of time as about seven minutes. And we have some sessions that last up to 40 minutes. But we have dental programs. We have people in the dentistry market that use this during two-hour dental procedures. And we have two-hour programs that keep people in a state of theta because when you get into that deeper states of theta and alpha, you don't feel any pain. Pain only happens in the brain in the state of beta. So when somebody is experiencing a high degree of pain or any discomfort in the body, that tells me that they probably have an overproduction of beta or they've had a stressful encounter. Like when somebody has PTSD or high stress or a negative experience, that triggers them to stay in a high state of beta, which actually exacerbates the sensations or feelings of pain in the body, which is a signal from the body telling the brain there's a problem in that area of the body. But our emotional states are now controlling our pain states. That's why pain works so much so well with the placebo effect. I mean, in most, most studies, they can't do a lot with pain because actually they found out now that 40% of the, the population in America is placebo positive. So almost anything works for 40% of the time. And that's because the brain has its own neurotransmitters and opioid receptors that can take away pain in the body because it only happens in beta. Hmm. That's so interesting. I don't know the science at all. It's so interesting. I've studied neuroscience for decades, but I have not heard this. Where can people uh, get this type of information? Well, they can, if they just start looking it up, they can get it, or they can go to BrainTap. Uh, tech.com forward slash thrive. If they go there, they can get a copy of my newest book. It's called Thrive and Overdrive. And I have two chapters in there all about the science and connecting to, connecting to that science. 
But if they start looking into right now, if you go to the grocery store, you will probably see four or five brains on the cover of magazines. Yeah. Because we're we're not you know ten years ago it was the age of the brain, but now they're realizing all that research that we all want to as we get better looking and more intelligent with age, we want to keep our brains right. We don't want to yeah. become. I'm a grandfather. I I want to be able to mm-hmm. play with my grandkids for twenty more years or until they tell yeah. me, hey, Grandpa, you're you're too young to play with us, you know, or whatever, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the, like my, when I think of my grandparents, we're the first generation that doesn't want to get old for my grandparents. We never really played with our grandparents. We'd go over to their house and they would sit and talk to mom and dad, but I don't remember them actually playing with us. You know, when they, when my kids go out on my boat and we pull them behind in the inner tube, they want me back there with them on the inner tube and playing. And I want to keep my body healthy and my brain healthy so that I remember these experiences and I don't, going to old age, forgetting who I am and being a burden on my family. (laughs) Beautifully said. Okay. So you've given us a lot of references and that last one was braintaptech.com thrive or braintap.com thrive. You have many websites. braintaptech.com forward slash thrive. Thrive. And that will bring up a page where they can just put, yeah, it doesn't cost any money. It's free, and it will, you can read it on your phone or your tablet. It's a it's an e, it's a full ebook. It's two hundred and something pages, and chapter four talks all about brain tapping. But there's um, the research is all in there. One of the nice things that we have coming up, we have our brain tap summit coming up here in Raleigh, North Carolina. We have research from our Brazil University. They did a whole research project that showed how brain tapping helps to heal the body using uh, low-level light therapy. And then we have Guatemala Buddha University out of India, which is a university that rivals MIT. They did a whole study against meditations because what we do is kind of like meditation done for you. So people who yeah. found that they can't meditate or they don't have the time to meditate. Uh, so what um, Dr. Vivek, who's coming to Raleigh to share his research, we actually were, they did empirical evidence research. I mean, we're talking about blood tests, um, neurotransmitter tests, everything to prove what meditation affects the, and brainwave activity tests. And BrainTap beat out every meditation that they do in India. And India is known for all of its meditation practices. But science is always trumping because what we did is we took what do, what do our brains do in a state of meditation and the healing effect of meditation or mindfulness is one that most people think about now. What are the benefits of those? And how can we use the science that's available to us, the science of light, sound, and vibration, and affect the body in such a way that we can accelerate that process? And that's what we've done with the brain tap is we've accelerated it so you can get the benefits of meditating without needing the 30 years of practice to go hmm. do it. Oh, this is, this is amazing. Now, in terms of being able to get a hold of your product, of course, BrainTapTech.com or BrainTap.com, uh, how do they get a hold of it? How do they interface with the meditations that you provide? And then after you explain this, I have a few more questions for you. Okay. Well, if they go get that free book, they also get on the app for no cost. So they can go there and they can. we have different bundles there. Uh, you'll learn about our Sleep RX program, our Optimum Health program, our Stress-Free program. You don't get access to all 800 of our sessions that we have available, but you get, you get access to a cross-section of those. So you can start to understand a little bit more about how your brain responds to these kind of therapies. And then if you like it, you can then, for as little as $9.95, start using the app. And then if they want to, they can upgrade their experience by using the BrainTap headset which is only uh, $550. Mm-hmm. Now, I have heard that people say, wow, this is really expensive. Your full package of all 800 meditations are $30 a month. I know that there are some reviews that say, this is just so expensive. And I say to myself, yes, I can see from that point of view, but instead of me explaining why that's not that expensive, why don't you go ahead and explain it to them? Right. Well, to put it in perspective, our sales machine back in the 80s was $10,000. Mm-hmm. And our, equip, our equipment cost $450 back in the 80s. So we've not really raised our prices since 1980. I mean, $100 is not much. And we've added the earphone lights. 
So the therapy, when most people go into one of our clinics, which we're in 1,800 clinics across America, the average therapy in a clinic would be $60. So you can own this in your own home, start to use it, and you don't have to pay the $60 a month. We also have, if somebody goes to a website called Press Play to Change, Doc, that we have, where people that want to make payments, you can put as little as $200 down and pay $50 a month, and you get access to the whole library, and you get your own brain tap on a payment plan. So we find that uh, whether it be in India, Brazil, or Mexico, that that seems to be a way that in countries where it is a lot, but the equipment is, you know, you can buy earphones. I, I just had to get a pair of earphones fixed that I had. And when I bought them, they were $360. Those earphones mm-hmm. alone are almost $500. Mm-hmm. And they're just for listening to music or books on tape while I'm on an airplane. So, I mean, it's not really out of the question. These are the therapy that somebody gets from it and the results they get. But before they go and do that, they should go download the free book, listen to the audios, and they might start getting results just with that. You know, yeah, if I they just, want to go yeah. to the next step. You know. it, it, no, keep going. Think, go ahead. They want to go to the next step? I was just going to say, if they, if, they want to, if they want to keep going, then we have a track for that. We even have light pads that people put on their body, like for traumatic brain injuries. We've hmm. seen 25% greater blood flow to the brain with people who've had traumatic brain injuries in just as little as six months using spec scan technology. That's like the, the kind of technology Dr. Amen uses to show how the brain improves itself. Yes. Your brain can, but it needs low level light therapy to do it, or it needs laser light, which laser is much more expensive. You know, we're talking ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. So yes. when we, when we talk about this, we're bringing light in through the eyes, the closed eyelids. But what happens is, when the blood flows across the area where the light is focusing, like through the ears and the eyes, that light is being brought into the brain through the hemoglobin. Those photons are being absorbed into those cells that are going through what is called apoptosis or cell death. Once the cell gets that photon, it then, at the mitochondrial level, restarts that cell and produces health again because all the cell was missing was the instruction set in light is the most under, under-prescribed nutrient that we have on the planet right now because people, mm. we're not outside anymore. We're designed like, like photo panels. You know, we should be outside absorbing the light from the sun. But what happens is we're inside of our homes, we're driving our cars, we're not getting the light that our body needs. That's, if anyone out there has ever experienced jet lag, what you really experience is light lag because you're moving across the light zones of the planet faster than your body can assimilate the instruction set that the light is telling your cells what to do because we're tuned to the light from our sun. So we can reset that circadian rhythm and get our body back sleeping right by resetting that at the, at the um, let's say, the cellular level, the mitochondria level, by exposing the body to light, <laughs> healthy light. Now, we're talking about 633 light, 470 light, 10 light, not uh, just any old light. These are, these are special tuned light frequencies that our body wants and absorbs and uses almost the same way you would use a nutrient. The body's mm-hmm. absorbing them and using them to bring health to the body. And how do individuals get a hold of the light pads? Once they get involved with BrainTap, then we will, we, and they would have to ask us to do that. And then we would, we would instruct them. Typically, they're sold through our doctor's network because they're, they're not that expensive. But we like to have people try them out, see if they really need them before they just spend $1,000, let's say, on a light pad set. Fascinating. Okay, so the depth of what you have to offer keeps going down deeper and deeper and deeper with the different books, with the different science, with the different equipment. And so BrainTap is like an introduction into a whole world of this if they want to go deeper and deeper. Am I understanding? Yes, we call it the BrainTap platform because uh, even people like the information you're sharing, we would love to have that information on the platform. Because we have, right now we have over 53 different genres, if you will. Like we even have a session for like mind over menopause people have written. We have sessions for healing in the hospital that some hospitals use called um, you know, our medical series that helps pre and post surgeries. So all of these different areas, because your thinking interferes, uh, there's a saying in most of the science in, that we work with is three reasons why your body isn't functioning at its highest level. It's either thoughts, traumas, or toxins. 
So it could be a traumatic experience, which is, happens to a lot of people. It could be the toxins our body are, is exposed to. That could be internal or external toxins. And it could be the thoughts that you're thinking. But if you don't deal with those three, what we call the three T's, you're probably not going to have the complete healing that you need or want. So as you deal with that, so thinking of light as a source, sound as a source, uh, and what we call Noje frequencies, it's Dr. Noje created, he discovered, I should say, the seven frequencies of our body. And if our body is out of phase with any of those frequencies, he could tell you what illness your body would be experiencing because it's out of balance. So we use a Noje frequency that, that for the brain and the bones to cause the body to get out of its uh, hyper state of sympathetic overload, that's the fight or flight, and get you into the rest, relax, digest, or the parasympathetic mode so you can heal. Now, is there any danger when you talk about the Noje frequency, I'm thinking about tinnitus or any sort of inner ear, is there any danger to inner ear or to visual complications associated to brain tap? There's no dangers, but if you have, uh, the only thing we've found is if somebody is epileptic, of what we call photaic epileptic, which is about 10% of epileptics out there, uh, you can't use the light in the eyes. You can use the okay. light in the ears, but not in the eyes, uh, because it could trigger, um, you know, just like they can't watch television or they can't walk into a nightclub because of the strobe lights, you would right. want to be cautious of that. But 99.9% .9 of the people um, they can experience it no problem. The, in fact, we have a we don't we don't have sessions specifically for tinnitus, but almost weekly I get somebody out of the thousands of people using BrainTap write me a letter or an email now that tells me, hey, my tinnitus went away. Is that normal? Well, <laughs> it's normal because once the brain gets balanced and the nervous system gets back online, the body heals itself. That's the nice thing about our body is self healing and self replicating. But we have to get the interference out of the way so the body can do what it was designed to do. And remember, those, hmm. that interference could be the thoughts, the traumas, or the toxins that are happening in our world. Hmm. Fascinating. And so the Noje frequencies potentially would be able to get frequencies in the body that are out of sync, back into sync, is what you're suggesting? Yes. Well, the nice thing about the body is if it doesn't need it, it doesn't even use it. Oh. So it's, it's, like, uh, it's like if you... You, you can get in trouble, I guess, if you drink too much water, but typically people don't drink that much. If you don't need the water, you just eliminate it. So the body, what happens with light and with sound, like this, what we're talking about, the noje, the body absorbs only so much of these frequencies, and then it actually reflects it. So like light, you, awesome. the reason that most of our sessions are 20 minutes, a 20-minute low-level light feed dose of light is 20 minutes. And that's equivalent to a three-minute laser treatment. But we're not doing laser so we have to expose them to a longer period of time under the lights. And that's the 633 lights or the 470 lights. Excellent. Brilliant. Well, yeah, I know now, Dr. Porter, I would very much like to talk about the program that you and I are interfacing on with abusetraumarecovery.com. And you are going to take the meditations, the 160 meditations that are currently there that are always being expanded, and you're going to encode them so that they can benefit from exactly what you're talking about. What is the process associated to that that you believe is going to be of help to them for the various levels of abuse, trauma, recovery? Well, part of it is while they're thinking about the abuse and going through those levels of the onion we were talking about, if we right. can get them out of the high state of uh, sympathetic, what we call sympathetic survival syndrome, the high state of reactionary mindset, they can then absorb that information that you're sharing with them. And I've listened to quite a number of yours, and I think they're very good. So what Thank we you. could do is we would train them to go into the theta state while they're there. And in theta, they learn at an accelerated rate. We learn from beta. It flows through alpha. It goes to theta. Then it goes into our delta, which is our unconscious. 95% of our life is ran by our subconscious. So we can do all, everything we want with our conscious mind, and sometimes it doesn't make its way into our real behavior changes. But when we start to do it from both ends, from the conscious and the subconscious, now we've got this powerful synergy that happens. And it's almost like a harmonics when you hear somebody singing and they break a glass. That harmonics breaks these patterns because it's happening from the internal self and the external self. And then there's a saying that Buddha said over 5,000 years ago. He said, all unhappiness stems from unfavorable comparisons. 
So if they have this internal image of themselves and they have this external belief in themselves and they don't match, they're going to be unhappy for the rest of their life. We need to get those to match up. So wherever they're at, they can start to feel the evolution and the change that's happening in their life. And sometimes it's just the ability to know that you're moving in the right direction. That's enough leverage to get rid of the past in a way that serves you and then move forward and start to create the future, which is the excitement and the exciting part about life again. So we move back into thriving, which is absolutely amazing. So in the process of people healing, uh, you know, there's lots of the mindfulness um, uh, equipment out there. I myself, I use Muse or NeuroSky, uh, uh, Unite, which used to be the Wild Divine. These are or EMAT, EM Math or uh, Math, uh, Heart Math. Boy, I'm stumbling on that one. Mm-hmm. All of those devices are really, really helpful, and I use those. And I also use my old version that I have of yours uh, with clients. Can you compare, in a sense, not in a way that's derogatory, because that isn't your style anyway, uh, but can you compare the mindfulness that's going on, let's say through Muse, where they are going through the meditations, they are hearing the bio, the, the feedback, the auditory feedback that helps them know when they've moved out of or into the ideal meditation zone, and what it is that your equipment does that either in conjunction with the muse or totally not needing the muse or EMF, which is a, a form of biofeedback that uses heart coherence. How does your particular device take the science that is so well sculptured over there and move it to either a different level, a different platform or different sophistication? Well, we work with those all the time. And part of my background, I'm the Dean of Brain-Based Medicine at Quantum University out of Hawaii. And we brought out Muse and a few others to our conference two years ago and the Muse and some other EEG-type machines to track results with the brain tap. Uh, the downside to the Muse was they decided to think that theta is sleep, which isn't right. true at all. It's just that most people can't get to theta without the stimulus of light, sound, and vibration. So what, one, just to give an example, what we do is we accelerate the results of biofeedback. Uh, we did it in our when we were in Quantum University. We had one. Oh, there was a person that went up there, and with the muse, you know, you hear the birds when you're trying to get to Alpha. Yes. And so she went up there, and uh, she only got four birds, which is kind of terrible. You know, her attention was <laughs> you know, really bad, right? So I said, "Hey, no. come on out here." I had her do a 10-minute Alpha training on the brain tap. She went back in in front of the group and got 43 birds at the same time. <laughs> well, they, they actually, one of the big reviewers of the Muse actually did a whole thing about BrainTap after that on YouTube. You could look that up, Muse and BrainTap. And he was blown away. He said, what happened? I said, well, she didn't know what Alpha was, and you were asking her to go there. So I yeah. introduced her to Alpha for seven minutes. She went back in there and crushed his, his program because mm-hmm. the brain needs to learn. The brain learns independent of our conscious thought. When we were right. learning a language, for instance, as children, we didn't learn it the way they teach us in school. We absorbed right. the language in theta. Right. So, we can, so what we do, we work with a lot of uh, neurofeedback technicians. We have one really great research out there that's going on with a neurofeedback group. It's called a New Mind. And uh, it's an $8,000 piece of equipment. But we can measure the different hemispheres of the brain. So as people are experiencing dementia, we found that the left hemisphere actually slows down faster than the right hemisphere. So there's a mismatch. Mm-hmm. They also know in near-death experiences in, in exploring that, that the left brain dies before the right brain. So as this, mm-hmm. so what we did is we created a series of sessions that actually speeds up the left brain and slows down the right brain so they get back in coherence. And what we found wow. was we had 64% greater neuroplasticity in the brains of people 74 years old to 82 years old. Mm-hmm. And we did that without the neurofeedback. We only used brain tap, but we used the equipment to prove to the patients that something was happening. Because, you know, it's inside their head. They don't know that anything's happening. But the right. brain is an incredible tool, and these tools are great. We, we have two muses at our office. We have an epox machine. We have a neuroinfinity. We use these technologies all the time at our office. Hmm. I, I'm glad to hear that because those have been very useful and very doable for people. Um, but I do find that people are having this kind of sense of 
well, I must not be able to meditate. I must not be able to do it. I don't get enough birds. I've even written muse and say those birds are very distracting. You use need to use a different <laughs> reinforcer. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm busy doing that. You know, another thing that I do that I think that people um, can really benefit from is uh, before uh, I have a separate room where people can come in and they can do a meditation before they do the therapy. So they can go and they put, can put on this old fashioned set of, that I have of your material, of your equipment, or they can do the muse or they can do the e, the math or the wild divine, which is now the unite. And they can go through something that processes them or gets them to focus on that internal space. We'll call it kind of existentially that internal space. And then they can come into my office and we're ready. We're primed. And maybe that's neural priming or it's emotional priming or whatever it is. We're primed to be able to go into that internal space without uh, a whole lot of barriers because they've been reactive uh, functionally to their outside world. But they walk into my office and we're here to process at a totally different level, either for healing or self-discovery or reworking, problem solving, whatever the in-depth or, or surface level of therapy we're doing. So talk about how brain tap can actually prime people. And I will bring in another contraption. I use the halo sport for those individuals that are uh, athletes that want to do excellence training with me. And that of course is that neuro priming that we're all very excited about in terms of the motor cortex. So talk about how this is kind of a priming potentially for individuals to live life uh, on that inner space. It's, Full of peace, and this is associated to my book called, uh, you know, it, you know, create your inner space, own your inner peace, and uh, you have in order to own that inner peace, you have to create an inner space that's peaceful. Well, take it away from there. What are your thoughts? That's well, that's great, and we we really like the halo as well. So in the in the process of what we do, we have school systems out there right now that use the brain tap, what they call brain prep, and uh-huh. unfortunately, they're just using it for those students that are special needs, and then they use it for the students that are exceptional. Uh, we have a school in India that's called the Creative School, and it was founded by one of the first 10 uh, people at Microsoft. So obviously money isn't a factor for them. And what they started to do, they have brain tap in every room in their place, and they have a 12-room, a 12-seat brain tap room for their soccer team because they found their soccer team was doing much better when they started doing brain tap. Um, Beautiful. We have – we have programs for sports. We're in, we're in a lot of professional sports places like uh, that are using it for recovery. And part of it is that if the brain, let's say that somebody's been, we have it for homework too. So kids, we recommend that if they're stressed out after school, do a 10 minute session, which we have for alpha training, get their brain into that alpha state so they can learn. Beta is really good for healing and recovery, but alpha is a better state for students to learn in. So we teach them how to learn in, in that state. We also use it in chiropractic. We have what we call neurologically based chiropractic because after an adjustment or any other therapy, we can have them do a brain tap session. Now, whatever changes happen to the nervous system, they're wiring and firing around the brain. Instead of the nervous system is in the brain, 30% in the body. So if you make a change physically, like doing yoga or um, Tai Chi or any of those things, once you're done with that and you go to do your meditation, you can significantly improve that. When I went to Wudung Mountain, I trained with the masters there. I had my brain tap, and every day we trained for four to five hours there. And then I'd go back to my room and do the brain tap, and they were like, wow, how did you learn to do these sessions so fast? I said, well, when I go back to my room, I'm practicing in my head. I'm not just doing them out in the, in the courtyard with you. And they were all, you know, kind of blown away there. Uh, because they're, but they're doing it all the time. Like, they take six months to learn one Tai Chi move, where in America we want to learn, you know, six of them in six months. Yeah, so it's a little different. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that (laughs) I love this accelerated capacity that you have. And what part of the brain is being stimulated or primed by the brain tap? I know Halo talks about the motor cortex. What parts of the brain are you tapping into? Well, basically around the, the same areas, but we're activating all the different parts of the brain because the in the, there's 22 regions of the brain that are activated by the visual cortex in the eyes we're turning on almost the whole brain is being used this weekend for instance i'm going to the uh, neurological sports uh, association they're going to uh, park city utah 
we're doing a big event there because we work with concussions. So I'm, I'm giving a talk on that, and they're all about ophthalmology and talking about the brain. And I've learned so much about how, the, and with their research, how the light therapy is activating the whole brain and teaching the whole brain to work in unison. It's all about communication even at a neurological level within the brain. So it's not just one area of the brain. We're working to synchronize all of the different uh, areas from the parietal lobes to the frontal cortex. Uh, when you see a, our, the brain under like something like the SPEC scan, when they're doing uh, brain tap, it lights it up. The whole brain is lit. In fact, it's, it's so much activity going on that they're really exercising the nervous system. And then, of course, then the body has to go back to whatever its psychological norm is. We have technology, this HRV that we had developed in Russia, that we can actually measure the nervous system and see how it's communicating to us what's most important instead of what region of the brain is being active. It's what these three systems of the body that are most important for reducing stress, being the parasympathetic, the sympathetic, and the neurohormonal. If these three are all working together, taking their jobs and doing them instead of one overdriving it, for instance, if the neurohormonal is overdriving the system and running the program, they're going to have adrenal fatigue and uh, adrenal exhaustion. If the sympathetic system is turn, taking over the whole system, then what happens is they become a nervous Nelly and they're not able to handle or manage their life because they're so stressed out. If their parasympathetic is running the system, they don't care. You know, they're just relaxed back and they don't, they're not very motivated. So you need to have all three of these working together. So we focus more with the brain tap on the whole body. And, and the brain is part of that, of course. But our main thing is the brainwave frequencies. We want to stimulate the master brainwave. And that was developed by Ann Wise, who actually was up in your area when she was alive. She was in San Francisco. And we hired her. She wrote a book called The Master Brainwave. And hmm. the master brainwave, whether somebody is a guru or a captain of industry or an artist, all these top performers, what she noticed was they all had this symphony of brainwave activity. So since the 80s, we've been producing our equipment to produce the best brainwave activity, not just a certain region of the brain. Hmm. Well, this is absolutely beautiful. I have one more question for you. You've been leaving gamma out of the image here. Why, why is that? Because I find that when I'm in my supreme zen creative mode, I am quite clear that I have, I'm producing high beta and a lot of gamma. Why do you leave that out you, in your you, discussion? You, well, mainly because gamma uh, five years ago was like a, a foreign, it was like Pluto, you know, nobody <laughs> really knew it existed. Or so, so, but the reality is it just about four years ago, uh, MIT came out with a study that showed blue light therapy at 40 hertz frequency broke down amyloid plaque in the brain. That's gamma. And so uh, luckily for us, our CEO, that uh, he, he knows the person who runs the brain lab at MIT. And I said, Nicholas, we need to go see these people because we create gamma. In fact, one session on brain tap increases gamma 23% in a oh, study wow. of women 55 to 70, just one session. Now, that doesn't stay every 72 hours, but if you practice that over time, you're going to increase your gamma. We see gamma is really important for, it's, again, it's like that harmonizing frequency. It breaks down the amyloid plaque in the brain and gets the brain, the harmonics of the brain starts to function better. That's higher levels of creativity, high spirituality. When we scan that our healers, like especially hands-on healers or highly creative people, we see that they have 23% or more uh, beta have, I mean, sorry, gamma, when they're just in their everyday waking state, which is pretty powerful, which means yes. the brain is operating at that really high level, uh, which is, uh, they call, you might call the flow state or in the zone, uh, those kind of states. And that's a natural, in fact, when you go to, el when people meditate in general, there's a, there's a whole lot of research out there that shows when you go to that 10 cycle region and you pass over that 10 hertz frequency, it's like a tuning fork, and it activates all the other frequencies of the brain. So they all expand at that moment. So you have this energy release that happens at that time, and gamma is a very powerful one. I think we're going to hear more and more about gamma. The hardest thing is, though, with light, I don't recommend exposing yourself to 40 hertz frequency of light because you don't need it to generate gamma. You, you, you go down into the states of, of between 10 hertz frequency and 4 hertz frequency, and when you come back out to your awakened state, you will experience that high degree 
of gamma like you're talking about. That's interesting. That's very interesting. You're amazing. What an amazing resource. And I love BrainTap, uh, the equipment. And I know it under a different name, but we'll use the current name so people can discover this. And the more you talk, the more I realize, please, folks, I understand this looks like a formidable price, but it is not relative to what you can create inside your own body, your own brain, your own life, and those that you can share this with as well. So in parting and ending this amazingly interesting interview, Dr. Patrick Porter of BrainTap.com, what, what do you want to leave us with? Well, first of all, know that you are far greater than you've been led to believe. And there's technology out there that can help you to access it. And you can go there right now for free. Like we said, just go to the BrainTapTech.com forward slash drive. Start reading the book using the app. You can at least get the sound portion. It's free. See how your body responds to that and then take the next step in your evolution because you deserve the best life today. That is absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, folks. I hope you feel the energy that I do, the enthusiasm around your ability to make yourself more than what you have been and also what you know that you can be. Thank you, Dr. Patrick Porter, for joining us. And we will all talk to you guys next time. Enjoy your day. Okay, thank you very much.